This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. Hello, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Week. My name's Dan Fudge and with me tonight I've got Stevie, Simon and Ben, uh, just the four weekers today. Now, obviously there's been a lot of things discussed in the media, so I wanted to say this just from the outset today, that we're probably going to be talking about something that some people will find quite objectionable. So uh, if, if you are triggered by by anything that's discussed and what's been in the media of late around our stadium, then I suggest you switch off now. But in the interim, chaps, we've got a uh, FA Cup third round to talk about that weren't too shabby, was it? You know what I mean? It was all right. Um, ben, I'll, I'll come to you first. Now, um, last, last time, I was going through the uh, the notes from last week and we were talking about the predictions that we all did. And uh, I think Blair went with losing 2-1. You went with losing 2-1. John went with losing 3-1. Simon went losing 1-0. And I said we were going to win 3-0. I'm, te- I'm calling that a win. <laughs> because had we not hit the crossbar, we could have won 3-1. And had uh, Chris Woods put his boots on the right feet, uh, you know what I mean? Could have all been different. What, how did you find it? Brilliant, really. I think that's what... <laughs> there's not much more to really go into, except it was brilliant. Um it's probably the best night that we've had since Brighton. And before that, for me, only really Arsenal. It's the same season. There's only really bit. Obviously, Wickham 10 years ago, but that were a little bit different. That were just going up. That will always be top. But, I mean, in terms of nights, that were up there with Arsenal. And I think people have not underplayed it, but it's the, took it a little bit for granted because it's Newcastle. And six years ago, we were on somewhat of a level with them. We've been we we've played them within, you know, recent memory. We've been on somewhat of a level with them. Whereas had it have been Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, I think people would have, it'd have been a full house and people would have completely lost their shit over it. Um but Newcastle are better than all them sides at the moment and we've got to realise how big that that was. Um and that could be massive in terms of what we do between now and the end of the season. It could, that could be. I know we took, we will talk, and we've talked about oh Plymouth are signing, so Ipswich are signing, so and so. Everyone's doing the business. We're not doing any business. A win like that against Newcastle, and you don't really need to do any business at all except keep a certain player. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Palmer's going nowhere, <laughs> mate. Liam Palmer's going nowhere. <laughs> I tell you what, actually, Ben. So, were there, you know, before I moved to the other two, to the old lads, was there any players for you that um, that stuck out for you in terms of, you know, performance and and who you thought they've had a great a cracking game today? And I know it was a great team performance. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's going to get splinters on your ass on this show. Yeah, I don't think they're on that particularly had a bad game. 
Ellie Bashir will maybe a bit quiet, but I think first half we were reasonably quiet. Yeah, we had a couple of chances, but that was more to do with probably Newcastle's mistakes and us really playing well. Um, in terms of people that stood out, obviously, Windass, especially the second goal, Bosch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, then Reese James, Liam Palmer. I said Liam Palmer did probably have his best game I've ever seen him have, potentially, that, at least that I can remember. Um, Cameron Dawson's had a really good game. The same in the first half has got all the, the credit, and I think that it's been save of the round or something that they put on Twitter tonight. I think the one in the second half from, I think it was Elliot Anderson, where he, he's, you know, it's just point blank, stuck his foot out and got there. I think that was an even better save, personally. Um, and other than that, yeah, obvious one, Mark McGuinness. He, he's not <laughs> gone yet. He's not gone yet. He might we're have gone back going. out, but he's not gone yet. So we're they're, they're probably going to qualify. Um, so yeah, Mark, Mark McGuinness is, is still with us right now. I mean, I mean, Simon, you know, you saw you saw, you saw it in the uh, in the posh seats. How did uh, how did that go for you? That must have been you must have got a great view from up there. Um, right, okay, I got a lot of stick because when I turned up, there was an imposter sat in the seat behind us who normally sits below, but he decided to treat his daughter to the posh seats, didn't he, Steve? So, and and the stick I got because I said last week that I wasn't bothered about what happened in this game, which um, I wasn't. But what I was followed about was that performance. That performance was sublime. It was one of the, it's the best performance at Hillsborough, like Ben said, since Arsenal at home, I would say. I would say man for man, every player stood up to the plate and <coughs> did a job. Everybody did. Uh, Michael Smith, all the way back to Dawson. Um, just absolutely superb, and and that then came onto the uh, into the stands as well. That the crowds were up for it. I mean, it was even it, it it was busy. I thought it was busy in the in the two side stands, and then quiet yeah. on the cop in regards to seats. Um, I think Ben's probably right in regards to. I think people didn't see it as a glamour tie so much. Um, also, as well, straight after Christmas. Um, that's always uh, an issue in regards to straight after Christmas. It, it can be quite expensive, but the the south the 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 south stand grandstand was full, fullest I've seen since uh, the playoffs. Um, but on the pitch, just just everybody. Will Volks probably his best game in a Wednesday shirt. George Byers brought up Volks there, Simon, because I feel like we we need to start preparing ourselves for for life after Bannon. You know what yes. I mean? There, there needs to be a point. I mean, Ash used to bring up last season and the season before quite a lot about, you know, without Bannon, we're absolutely clueless. We've not got nothing going on. And what we saw in the centre of the park on, on Saturday was was something else, right? Like, all of a sudden, I thought, Bannon can have another couple of weeks off. Make sure you're proper fit for, for the running of the it season. Was, it was a different kind of football because, obviously, Bannon's always there who receives the ball. Everybody passes to Bannon for him to do that Hollywood ball or that great pass that he can do and we know he can do. It was a different type of football. There wasn't that, we need to get it to Will Volks or we need to get it to Byers. It was a case of, they went about and did their job. They went about and thought, you know, Will Volks was, there was a heat map. I think Alex put a, from the start, mm. put a heat map of Will Volks on. It looked and like someone shot a, it with a big juicy paintball right in the middle it of it, was, didn't it? Yeah. And, and and that was his game. He was, and he never faltered through the entire game. 
And then, uh, and then him and Byers. I mean, everybody knows on the podcast my love for George Byers. And it, it, when he did the Cruyff on those two players, which led to the first goal, uh, it was just. I mean, what is it? You know, you ask your uh, your your uh, Google machine or whatever, or, or I'm not saying the A word because it's next to me. Smart speaker, yes, uh, to show you porn, and that would be it. I think somebody's actually uploaded it onto Pornhub, so I believe. Yeah, it, it well. was just, uh, it was amazing. It was just so, and I thought in the first half we were we were good. We matched them, I thought, but then in the second half, you know, they, I had, think to bring, they had to bring a £60 million striker on. Or well, this was it. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you said about performance. Like, even if we'd have drawn that, you know, if, if like I say, if Chris Wood put his shoes on the right feet and managed to, you know, it's a it's a it's a donkey's ass with a banjo or whatever this phrase is, um, and we'd have ended up inevitably losing it or something like that because that would have taken the wind out of our sails. But even then, I'd, I I wouldn't have gone home pissed off. I'd have been like, you know, that's it's a good day. Like, you know, we've put a performance in. We've turned up. We're two leagues apart from the from the richest club in the entire league. You know what I mean? Like, we've turned up. And you're right. There's a sixty million pound striker that Isaac that was up front. Like that was it. That that was his first game back after a bit of an injury, wasn't it? But then when they made some substitutions and Gomarez is coming on, you're thinking, Jesus, what? How is what is happening? I've got Leo Palmer marking international quality strikers here. What did a right well, job? The subs bench was worth something like two hundred and fifty million. Yeah, and, and stepped on Chancery bought Sheffield Wednesday for thirty five. Yeah. So it, it it just puts it interest, you know, it, that into perspective in regards to what we were up against. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Simon, uh, Stevie, we had um, we had a number of players turn up, and this is a great opportunity now to talk about your your love child in LP two. I thought he had a great game. I, I think, and one thing I, I did make a note of uh, before we started recording tonight was very much his. His fitness levels. Now I know during the summer he did some he did some running to uh, to raise money for charity, and that's that's obviously really paid off in terms of his performances on the pitch. He looks assured, he looks fit, he's chasing everything down. You know his face still needs an iron, but Christ, he's absolutely bloody brilliant right now, isn't he? His face still needs an iron. It, why does he look fifty five since he was like eighteen? Sorry if you're listening, Liam. Um, Sorry about that. Look at yeah. Simon. Simon's 20 years older than him. <laughs> My forehead's, you know, not. But <laughs> your, your forehead's 20, 20 minutes older than this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind about the forehead. Um, in all seriousness, he's, uh, you know, I speak a lot about the guy for various reasons. I think on, on Saturday, um, it's a bold statement to say that that was the best he's ever played, but um, I'm not going to be mad about it if that's what Ben thinks. I, th- I think he was a credit to himself. I think he was absolutely fantastic. I think um, just to sort of piggyback on what the other lads had said, and I'd agree with all of that from a point of view of Liam Palmer. Um, I got frustrated sort of the back end of last season and going on to the start of this season when, you know, you, you, you get the, the pundits, you get certain... Uh, Twitter handles or, or, or um, different people will post on social media. This will be starting eleven. This should be our starting eleven tomorrow. This should be our starting eleven. Um, for 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 the longest time, he got nowhere near it. Um, 
And you know, you, you know, he's played himself in. He's gone about his business quietly. Um, I thought he was an he's been an absolute revelation, um, going about the bits that he's doing. And the the, the bigger players, the players that have caught the headlines, have you know, let's be right. Uh, James has probably over the course of the last sort of two three months done better. We don't need to talk about McGuinness. He's he, he's comfortably the best defender in the league. Um, I'm talking about League One at the moment, we're, we're without a shadow of a doubt. And we've got other players that are going to come and create um, and be a little bit more in terms of that shop window and those headline grabbers but Liam Palmer is right up there um with a lot of them um for me um I we, we we talked about the Arsenal game I would actually say and argue that this is probably a bigger win um it's a bigger performance it's a bigger night it was the FA Cup um I'd have to go back and have a look at the Arsenal team but I don't think Arsenal put out a team that was anywhere near at the strength of what Newcastle did albeit uh bringing lads off the bench but you look at the lads that they brought on um, we've got the lad who started at right back for England. Um, we've got Almer on, and I, I play a little bit of the, you know, the FPL. So I, I like having a look at the stats. And if you look at it, you've got the number one defender in Trippier, who's he's the best defender statistically in the league based on those FPL stats. You've got the number one midfielder in Almer on, and when things went to shit, they've gone all right. Let's bring these big boys on. And to be fair, we handled them. We dealt with them. Um, yep. And it wasn't one. It wasn't one person that dealt with them. It wasn't one position as a team. We were absolutely phenomenal out of possession of the ball uh, because we had twenty five percent of it. Um, we, we we defended like absolute troopers. Uh, but let's be right. We could have been in front through Palmer in the first half. Windass had a chance. Um, Windass had another sh shot in the second half that the keepers had to palm out which was a hell of a strike. He's at the bar. So it's not like a smash and grab job that we've done there. We've comfortably done a number on, Let's, for, to be fair, pretty much outside of Arsenal, the best team in the league at the minute. Um, and they, they they didn't want to lose the game, you know. They, they they didn't concede last night. I don't think they conceded for six games prior to that. And, you know, we've gone and stuck two past them. I tell um, you put, what, some, so a... put some respect on Sheffield Wednesday's name. Absolutely. There was a, there was a statistic that... Uh, that somebody's put out teams who Newcastle have lost to this season <laughs> was in Liverpool. That's it. And then for some reason, Joe Cran managed to put it back to May to, 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 to get Man City in there. I don't know why. He just said this season, Joe. You know what I mean? But but yeah, so that's what we managed to pull off. So we're, the, we're one of two teams in half a year to have beat Newcastle United, which which I you know, and it, and you're right. It's not like they put out a load of kids. You've still got George Byers kicking ten bells out of Joe Linton. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They still brought on Gomares and um, Almiron. Like it, yeah. you know, it's not like they've turned up with the kids now. Uh, Botman's up there as well. They, you know, he, he's playing week playing week in week out, and he started. He's and Kieran Trippier. Like you know what I mean? He, he ain't the, shit. They've the started Alexander Isak up front, who is. Probably behind Ireland, what best young strikers in Europe? And uh, Mark McGuinness. He's had his head kicked in by Mark McGuinness. It's back pocket of him. Now, can I can I can I just do one more? Sorry, sorry, Dan. One more. We we we. we um, we, we talk a lot about McGuinness and I wax lyrical about Liam Palmer. Just one thing I want to get off my chest that I never do. Uh, people hammer. Um, not hammer, people don't give enough credit, I don't think, to Reese James. I thought Reese James was better than McGuinness on Saturday night. Um, I, I, I think he's an absolute revelation. And the fact people will say, why aren't Blackpool recalling him and why aren't Blackpool after him? Because they don't know what to do with him. They don't play him how we played him. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of 
negative not negativity there's a lot of doubting and people the more out crew will moan about his lack of tactical now and he's not his inability to have a plan b or something he sees a picture with the players that he recruits in in defense all right we'll go back and talk about marvin johnson not being a center half last year but he's got it right with, with, with reese james and people will talk about him being too small um you can go back sort of 15 years ago um, and, and talk about the Italian captain, a guy called Cannavaro, was exactly the same size, and he ended up winning World Cup. This is where, <laughs> I love the way you dropped that in, Matt, and he ended up winning World Cup. So, you know, there's that. So, so that, you know what I mean? Now, now Ben, I'm not going to talk to these old, old people about it. I'm going to come to you because we're the young kids. Um, the, the, thing, the thing that I want to talk about with yourself is, is VAR, because I know these silly old pricks here on, on, the, on the screen next year. They'll go, well, it's rubbish, isn't it? What's the matter with you? Because they don't like change because they're old and stupid, right? Now, VAR for me, first couple of seasons we brought it in, we've used it wrong. You know what I mean? We're sat there measuring millimetres. And uh, but the way the Dutch use it, uh, they have like a, uh, a, zone of, um, a zone of error where the, the thickness of the line that they've chosen kind of crosses over. So we're not having these, these goals disallowed with a shoulder offside, for example. Or if you want to make some headlines, say armpit, even though we know it's shoulder because you can score with your shoulder. So, you know, I need to talk about the fact that our first goal and their goal, I mean, VAR would have been all over that, right? It's rubbish, isn't it? Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll be honest. I think our first goal is on. I'm not. That's not biased or anything. If you if you look at, I, I think, think in the it, in the Dutch way of using it, if you'd use VAR, it, it had a chance of being on. But I think the, if you if you measure a line on the edge of a six yard box, I think I think I'd argue it's off. I thought you were on. The picture I've seen is from in from ESPN that does all VAR stuff on Twitter. You'll have seen it. They had him on that other podcast thing. Dale Johnson. That's it. Um, and he'd put the picture on. And the picture he'd put on, Botman's Bigfoot, with, with banging line with Windass's front foot as well. That's the one I've seen. It it looked onside. Where were his little foot, Ben? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> However, the, the, uh, and that... That's as unbiased as I can get. The one I've seen, he actually looks onside. It does look offside as you're watching it, and I can see why people think he is. But I think if VAR was there, I think he's on. Think he's but on. The, inter the interesting one I find with that, though, is their goal. Because well, as the ball no, first comes over, the, the actual <laughs> translation of the rule, of, of, of the rule of the game is that he's yeah. going to clear replay, even yeah. though he stood right in front of the fucking goalkeeper, like it, yeah. like he's there. Do you know what I mean? So how are you not interfering with play? It was the same with Salah's goal uh, from the weekend as well. It was against uh, against Wolverhampton. It, it's not the call wasn't wrong as far as the rule goes, right? See, I, I've again I've got in my head that the call was wrong because it's all about the whether it's a deliberate attempt to play the ball, which is a it's a horrendous rule because like the Salah one the defender's clearing it because he thinks Salah's behind him he don't know whether he's on or offside he's just got a clear ball you can't expect him to go he might be offside I'm going to duck under this and see what happens with Salah bearing down one and one in, in, in our case with that goal you can't expect Cameron Dawson to leave that one can you really because no. going in um, it, uh, but I'm not sure that 
that interpretation can be used when it's a goalkeeper saving it rather than an outfield player. I don't think anybody knows anymore. Because now, watch this now. I'm going to go to Simon. Simon, what do you think about some grounds having VAR in the FA Cup and some not? Well, it's not a level playing field, is it? At the end of the day. Even we have got VAR. Look at Wolves. Yeah, exactly. And this, and I, and I, I don't watch a lot of Premiership football, but I watch a lot of the World Cup and some of the decisions that were made in the World Cup through VAR. I was quite shocked. I've, I've read a lot about it and how how um, some of the decisions that are made. And, and I don't I don't think that it's ever been used how it was originally intended. And also as well, we were talking about it on site yesterday, is the fact that there's one league in, in, in this country that has VAR. And, and then you've got underneath it, three leagues are completely competitive with none at all. We rely on the old way of playing football. And the one thing I've always liked about football over any other sort of ball sport like rugby uh, and those sort of things is that it's it's a very quick sport uh, and the VAR has taken that out of it because there are times when somebody scores and the crowd spontaneously applause and then it stops because is it or isn't it offside and the fractions that they're working on is the big foot and the small foot uh, and, and in my opinion, I am an old man and I don't like change. If it's used correctly and if it had been used correctly as it was originally intended, then yes, use it. But what I've seen so far is that some of the decisions that come out in the end are absolutely wrong. And you can see it on the screen. It is still wrong. Um, and and it's in my opinion, it's not being used correctly. And so it's ruined the game. In the FA Cup, I think it's ridiculous that You've got games who are using it and games that aren't. It should a level playing field. It shouldn't shouldn't matter if you play Arsenal's ground. You know, I think that's what that what the problem is. Like we either have it or we don't. We don't do this girly wet dribble of 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 having it. And and I feel like we overuse it a little bit. We shouldn't be sat there measuring millimeters. That's not what it's there for, right? And then and then what we've done is manipulate the um, the rules so much as well. Well, we don't even know what the fucking rule is about handball or offside or intent to play, or we don't know. So, Steve, you know, makes, Steve, well, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watch cricket. I, I don't watch a lot of cricket either. But um, I think in cricket, in regards to the uh, video umpire, you're allowed to make so many calls in a game. You, you, there's a captain of the team. You're allowed to make so many calls. If you think that it is LBW or something along those lines, you're allowed to make so many calls. And once you've made all those calls, then that's it. It's done, right? So, and, and, and you know, you have to be in your head that you definitely think that was LBW. You definitely think that that clipped the wicket and then make that call. If you if you then find that that isn't right, then that's you, it's a strike against you. And 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 maybe football should be looking at that, that, that you know, if a team protests so much, the captain has that decision to make that says... I want to go to video referee on this because that's wrong. That's well, wrong. you know, and, and then hopefully that will cut down the surrounding the referee. But let me let me tell you a thing about what I believe VAR is is happening, and I, and I think this is going to sound insane, but I want you to bear with me on this journey, right? So the entire world now is starting to govern towards people not wanting to speak to the man. They don't want to speak to the bloke. They don't want to speak to the person on the other end of the phone. You know, do you remember where, back in the day, Simon, Steve, when you 
re, uh, want to need to redo your car insurance, you'd have to ring up and tell them you're not doing it anymore, or you'd have to ring up to get it done again. Now you go online. Yeah, it's the same with having to talk to uh, people delivering your food. There are so many memes about being an introvert and not having to speak to the person and speak to the bloke and talk to the man and speak to her. Everything now is governed and, and pushed towards people not having human interaction. And as a result now, we've got, you know, those big old school um, referees that we used to have in the 70s and 80s, those big Brian Glover from Kes types that go, now nah, bugger off, north sides on a Sunday. You know, those type of people, they, they're starting to die out and they're starting to go. And what we've done by pushing these decisions up into the office, uh, they can go, the referee can stand and go, hey, there's no point shouting at me. It's them who's done it, not me. What are you on about? And what it's done is taken away. I mean, what is the point of the fucking referee now? If we, you know, we may as well play a whistle, a whistle noise down the um, down the down the PA system, and then point the laser on the pitch and say that's where the free kicks from. Like, what's the point? What you know? What, what you know? What do we? What do we need a referee for? Because now we can just have people going, well, that's it, it, it's not me, it's them upstairs. And and I think it's a societal thing that we've done in order because people don't like talking to people anymore. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think people want to take responsibility either. And what I've noticed with, with in, in games is that a referee now doesn't make that big decision because he does he feels like he can just put it to VAR. Mm -hmm. So so that ability to make those big decisions has gone. You know, we, we have, and, and the referee I thought was very poor on Saturday. I don't know what you guys thought. I thought he was poor. Go on, Steve. I don't think we've used it. We, I don't think we know how to use VAR yet. No, we don't. And I know everything, everything that has been said, you know, I'm, I'm endorsing everything that's been said. I think VAR will eventually, it'll go two ways. It'll either die in the next three, four years, or we'll figure out a way. And in 10 years' time, we'll look back at it and go, what the fuck were we thinking when we first started with it? Because we were doing yeah. this. It's like when you look back at some of the things at COVID that we did when we first yeah. started and we didn't know what yeah. we were doing. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we don't we know yet. Babies. Yeah. And that, that the thing about that is we are going to make mistakes with it and we're, we're going to disagree with it and people are going to be up in arms about its use. And I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I want to watch football. I like, I actually like the human error. Um, and I, the, you yeah. know, Simon's point about the cricket. Um, I think that would give a, I've mentioned it before, I think that would give a little bit more responsibility to the captain rather than just saying, right, this guy's, you know, whoever it is, you know, you've got your Ronaldo, I'm, I'm senior player, so I've got to wear an armband. Actually give some responsibility to a player who's going to actually manage the players on the pitch and say, right, it's me, I'm going to be the conduit between officials, referee and the manager, and it'll be me to have a bit of responsibility to say, that that calls right or that calls wrong, and I want you to have a look at it. Um, again, to your point previously, uh, Dan, we're, we're then getting away from, you know, the, the the players surrounding the referee, which I which I absolutely abhor. I hate it. it. It annoys the hell out of me. I hate the 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 gesticulating. I hate the rolling round. I hate the play acting. Um, my my little and plays, um, and I explain having to explain to her why people are rolling round holding the faces. Now she, what the bloody hell are they doing that for? You know, those sort of things are, are, are not what football is about or what we were brought up watching football, apart from Ben, um, to, you know, watch it. With that, that's, that, that's not what, what it's about. But, you know, VAR will either come good or it'll die. I, th I, I think we'll, we, we have to find a better way to use it because I think it's an easy headline right now because all of a sudden, you know, journalism right now is getting quite tiresome.
which leads me perfectly into the bit that I referenced at the uh, at the top of the uh, at the top of the show. Uh, like I said before, we're going to talk about some things that some people may find objectionable. So if you are triggered by talking about uh, the events of 1989, I'd suggest you stop listening listening now. But now, chaps, there's there's been a furore. This this thing has has reared its head again, and the Sheffield Wednesday fans, understandably, well, rightly or wrongly, so understandably is the word I'm going to use of. Have, have, have become a bit fed up. Now I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a story about um, about what the word Hillsborough can mean to people. So I, I, you know, some of you may know this, but I used to be a um, a red coat at Butlins, and uh, and during one of the shows we used to do, I used to make reference that I was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and oh, we were a rubbish. And then the other presenter would start chirps in me about it and stuff like that it was just a bit of banter that we spoke about and uh and, I, and there would be a point where i go right my team everybody get your hands in the air and uh and my co-presenter would go look at that eight people with their hands in the air it's like watching a game at hillsborough meaning that there's nobody with their hands in the air you know what i mean that that was where the humor lay um two people from liverpool because they just heard the word hillsborough absolutely kicked off and i got taken off that show completely. I was I was banned from it just because somebody else had mentioned that word. Now, it's it's an emotive topic for a lot of people, and understandably so. So what I'm going to do, and I'll come to you first, Simon, after this, I'm going to give you a timeline of events of what's happened at the Newcastle game. And then we'll, uh, and then we'll discuss it from there, because I think what Sheffield Wednesday have done towards the end, no, you know, we've now come to the end of this news cycle, I think have absolutely full stopped it. And, and, and I just wanted to discuss it a little bit more because... What I have is an email here. Let me just pop it up from um, from a chap called Richard. Um, and he, now, Richard Excel, uh, uh, give us an email. Thanks for your email, Rich. He said, I'm still buzzing from the game yesterday, but I've got a question on the matter. I expect there are thousands like me who are desperate to see some changes made to our West Stand. Scenes from the Hillsborough disaster just won't go away. I don't know if others are pressing for this or who to ask. The major expansion considered when there was a World Cup bid just seemed too much and too costly. My suggestion would be to simply continue the gradient of the slope in the upper tier over the current lower tier so it becomes the same gradient down to the pitch. One simple stand in keeping with the rest of the ground. The current central tunnel, which gives access to lower tier, would then be gone and maybe a new roof too, if that can be afforded. Do you know if there are any others keen on raising this issue? Now... You know, we've, someone's gone to the trouble to, to send us an email. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. So the timeline of events is, is as follows. God, this is a hell of an intro, isn't it? <laughs> timeline of events is as follows. So there was a chap called uh, Martin Hardy, a uh, local Northeastern journalist correspondent that, that put, popped a tweet out 10 minutes before kickoff of people piling through the, uh, the central tunnel that's referenced in Richard's email. And, uh, and then he tagged in our local journalists in Alex and Joe. And then Joe responded with something like, I'll ask the question. I don't know who he's asking, but and that gave a bit more credence to it then. And then because there was an old school Twitter pylon, because we all love them, it got picked up by the Daily Mail. It got picked up by TalkSport. You've got Jim White and Simon Jordan talking about it. I must admit, I listen to TalkSport every day as I'm getting ready in the morning. Didn't listen to it that day. Couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to listen to it because I don't want to listen to this absolute shite. Um, Sky Sports News talked about it, and then the, the FA, the Times, um, and then after that, there was 50 emails to the supporters group of people telling them about how unsafe they felt in the um, in the concourse at, at, at the West Stand Lower in, uh, in 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 Hillsborough Stadium. 
And then we were subjected to some graphics. The, the graphics that we all saw back in 1989 in the back of the newspaper of this big red arrow pointing right down the middle, whereas there's literally a sign either side of that saying, if you've got ticket number something, go that way. And if you can go around the side, you don't have to go through that tunnel. Now, where are the failings? Is there a failing? Is there an issue? Or is this a little piece of... Uh, journalistic disintegrity. Simon, I'll come to you first because you've got some personal first-hand experiences of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so timeline following uh, the disaster in 89. So obviously the, the stand was shut for a couple of years with a huge investigation. And um, I've, I've got sort of three sort of links into this. The, the first of which is um, I used to be a steward at Hillsborough. So I, I stewarded um, sort of uh, mid-90s. So I did Euro 96 um, and the, um, the uh, League Cup um, final, uh, Leicester-Middlesbrough, and also uh, the semi-final Middlesbrough-Chesterfield. I've done countless uh, Liverpool at home, um, Manchester United at home, during the mid part of the 90s when we were getting big crowds. Um, I also... Um, I'm fully educated in health and safety. It's part of my job that I do at the company I work at. And I used to work for the health and safety executive. And Sheffield Health and Safety Executive spent a huge amount of investigation into the disaster and how crowds react. And uh, finally, I was involved in my current role of uh, working at Hillsborough, putting the steelwork up for the uh, television, the, the, the new big scoreboard. And was sort of involved with Chan Siri coming in and the uh, the stadium manager at that time. So anyway, to go back to when I was a steward, uh, a lot of time and effort was spent with stewards in regards to training us um, and telling us about the changes that being made at Hillsborough. And one thing that really infuriated me with the the uh, that article that was in the Daily Mail and a lot of anecdotal stuff that has come out of people who. Probably haven't been to Hillsborough for many, many years. There were a lot of Premiership fans you know, who were commenting on it who haven't been to Hillsborough in 20 odd years. Um, and, and the Newcastle fans and, and people who were just piling on to this, this Twitter outrage was that the stadium has been uh, the infrastructure, the stand looks very similar, but the infrastructure of the stand is hugely different in regards to the number of seats in there due to the, the capacity of really reduced. Um, the fact that there are there isn't that one tunnel that, as you said, Dan, as you walk to that, as that tunnel, they are left and right. You don't have to go down that center that that center tunnel. The actual slope running down to the ground was was reduced because that was an issue was the pushing of people towards towards when they were going in, so they reduced the slope towards the back of the goal. There's no fences, there's no pens. You know that open area behind the goal. If you actually go to Hillsborough now. Sit in, your, sit in your seats next week, Fleetwood game. There aren't any seats behind the goal. It is a walkway that runs all the way down to behind that goal. A very wide walkway that people chose to stand in on Saturday. Also as well, there are filters inside and outside the ground. So again, if you walk, there's lots of barriers outside which they can move gates, which directs people to different turnstiles. And also as well, there's a computer system that runs CCTV, which immediately shows up any pinch points and that's in that concourse as well so in the stadium control people are watching that and the software they've got will show you issues before anybody knows about it because so would you even argue simon 
that because of the events of 1989, that the West Stand, or as the journalists like saying, the Leppings Lane end, because yeah. that grabs headlines. Yeah. Um, would you argue that that's one of the safest stands, given the the focus that's on it? You know, it, 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 it's, it's not one of the ones that people is, looked at and gone, "What do we do here?" And, and we, yeah. Look, there was there was a a crowd invasion by Leeds a, a few years ago, which which resulted in why did this happen? They took another two hundred seats out for that game, reduced mm -hmm. the capacity down. You know, the the I wouldn't say it's one of the safest in because at the end of the day, it's inherently got its issues with regards to the sizes of concourses and stuff like that. That the, the stand was built years and years ago, and this is another issue that we've got is that you you, you look at fans now who aren't used to attending older grounds. It's like, like fourteen out of the twenty grounds in the Premiership are either brand spanking new or massively redeveloped. So the there's very few people now going into concourses. Like you and I went to Southampton, didn't we? You could have had a game of football in the concourse at Southampton. But we've also been to the old West Ham ground, the you know, QPR, where you go into a concourse, especially at half time, and you're really tied. Is that perception then that that's overcrowding? Because previous before you were at Tottenham's ground where there's just loads of room, you know, and 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 Look, we, we are used to it. I'm not saying it's right, but we're used to it in regards to the grounds that we visit now, which are, are very, very small and very tight. Um, I, I feel that, unfortunately, there's been a massive pile on here and true facts have not been shown. And that article in the Daily Mail was disgusting. It was disgusting. It, it was, was disgusting. And, and, and what annoyed me was that, unfortunately, that there was no fight back. Not It was from the fans... But maybe somebody in the press should have gone back and gone, actually, no, these are the facts. This is the designer. This lady is Listen, when it, when it comes to the press and people discussing it, like I said, because the name of our stadium is, is quite emotive, I don't think any, any journalist in the world, apart from an absolute shithead like Kelvin McKenzie, for example, would absolutely even yeah, touch that with a temporary It's a taboo subject, subject, isn't it? It is, it is a taboo subject. And, it, you know, and I, I hope that the families from 34 years ago get their thing, but... If I, if I was one of those families, and, and again, this is such an emotive story, <laughs> if I was one of those families and saw two things. Um, all those changes that have happened, we've, we've played Premier Leagues, we've played international tournaments, we've played huge crowds in that stadium. We're 34 years down the line, and because some ginger asshole on Sky Sports News was making it sound like he was wading through the last days of Sodom and Gomorrah, or, it, you know, he, he made it sound like he was walking through the bloody first 20 minutes of saving Private Ryan. I would be offended that that prick is trying yes. to attach himself to my yes. grief. Now, I, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, but that, that's how I feel. Because I, I must admit, I'm fed up of my my team's stadium being, being essentially a swear word in some parts. But not like I don't agree, you know, I don't disagree with why it is in some, in some areas. And, and I find it... I find it so emotive. I'm, I'm genuinely angry that this has got that so much legs, though, because the sh nobody buys the printed newspaper anymore. And what it seemed like to me is that they wanted to get the words Crush, Leppings Lane, Hillsborough yeah. into as many newspaper articles and as many online bullshit, clickbait shit you can get your hands on. Because you put those three terms into one thing and all of a sudden people lose their mind. And with some people, rightly so, and with others, you don't have the opportunity to comment, pal.
Mate, you can add. You can add. I was just going to say, listening to you, you can add Sheffield Wednesday onto that list as well because South the thing is, Same South thing. the police, you, the the fingers being pointed yes. at us um, from a point of view of um, the you know the article that has gone out there and and, and in the journalism or the journalistic response from the Sheffield Wednesday side um, to add an objective viewpoint. I think I mentioned it on our chat last night. I think our, our our journalists, you know, we're looking at Joe, we're looking at Alex particularly because they cover things. Um, I would argue that they've got to, and they might come out and say otherwise if they heard this, they've got to be very careful in terms of what they do with the club because they get access for us. And I know this is a, a this is a bigger picture. At the end of Absolutely. the day, their job and their remit is to provide sound bites and information. I think Alex has posted a 900-word report, a review of the weekend, calling it one of the best weekends of, uh, you know, his time covering the club. And that's his bread and butter. So, you know, for him to get the access to the club, you've got to be careful there. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be going out there and asking those questions. However, the point, my from my point of view, I think in response to everything that you guys have discussed, I don't want to add too much more to that. I don't have the experiences that Simon has had um, and take this the right way, Simon, you're, what, five, six years older than I am. Oh, and I haven't had that. I haven't had the experience of being a steward. What I have had is an experience of uh, 1993, 1994, 1995, me being a kid um, that didn't have friends that were, were Wednesday nights. Um, me, my sister, would get on the bus or get a lift in. We'd go Leppings Lane because you could get on there for seven quid max. You know, and when you're a kid and a student at school, the cheapest uh, the cheapest end of the ground was Leppings Lane Lower. So we'd go in there and we'd sit on Leppings Lane Lower. And I know we're going back. There was no issue in 93, 94, 95. We don't highlight that. As Simon has mentioned, we've held international tournaments. We've held cup finals. We've held semi-finals since. We've never had these issues. We've never had any problem whatsoever. I think the uh, the statement that the club has released this afternoon has been an absolute it, top-notch chef's kiss, as, as Blair would say. It's been absolutely brilliant. The four points that were highlighted in that, we have exceeded the compliance requirements on a safety certificate in terms of the stewards we've provided. Box ticked. Um, there were fewer supporters through that turnstile than tickets were sold and allocated. Box ticked. Newcastle fans didn't turn up. Uh, the turnstiles were, were open well in advance, 30 minutes prior to what they normally open them at. Box ticked. The best one, or the you know the the underlining point here, not a single member of that crowd required any sort of medical service inter intervention, uh, interaction with the St John's ambulance, with anybody else whatsoever. That picture was taken before the game took place, before the game kicked off. It was posted, I think, at half time. I might be wrong. Um, it was posted whilst the game, before the game had finished, uh, by this journalist, um, without foundation. It was an observation that somebody had made and gone, "Oh my God, here we are! Look at that! It's a bit overcrowded, to the naked eye. There's no no substance or foundation behind it. That guy wasn't at the back of the West Stand. He didn't see. And those pictures that the Mail have put on of the big red arrow saying everybody goes down that tunnel. Disgusting. I think the Twitter response." The Twitter response from the Wednesday fans that have gone, oh, it's, it's quite simple. Let me show you a picture that says gangway one that yeah, way, literally, gangway yeah. three that way, gangway two that way. If you go to your gangway with your ticket and you sit, I mean, I've got a season ticket. We've got season tickets. We go to games. The first thing you do is you go, right, I'm on row, whatever. I'm in seat, whatever. I'm going to go and find my seat and I'm going to sit down. Listen. Yes. 
I get that it's different. I understand that it's different when you go to away games. I appreciate that. I totally appreciate that. But you are still moving through the right areas to get to the right points well in advance or with enough time to get to where you need to be. I won't have that this is our fault. I'm sorry, it's not. So to, 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 to advocate, Stevie, on, on that point, I, you know, I agree with you. A grown-ass man should be able to read a number on a piece of paper, on a sign, right? And you go, oh, I didn't know we're on fucking shit, Lake. Well, what seat, what block are you? One. Well, it says one to five there, go that way. I'll go down, I'm going to go down the tunnel, Lake. Fucking hell, what's Done, done. We had Croatians and Turks. Yeah, in that yeah. stand in 1996. They use, they use the same numbers that we do as uh, you know, and the standards barely change. The question change I'm going to ask, the question I'm ask uh, on Steve's point, just to play devil's advocate. I know where this is going. Have stewards been there to go? Where are you? Go that way. Stop coming down here. Should we have put because putting stewards in the tunnel would have been counterproductive, right? We don't know that there might have been stewards at the far side of the tunnel going that way. That way, there was two huge, two huge pools of empty seats, right? But they they went to stand there, and obviously, you know, there's no cure for stupidity. I completely understand that. And, and in terms of an away day, and Northerners, <coughs> and beer, and football, and crowd mentality, I, you know, I get it. I understand it. Could we have done anything different? But it sounds like we did more than what what we should. I have. I think the 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 best response, and I'm I'm going to blow smoke up your ass. The best response was yours. In, in, the, in the the hours after that, that statement yeah. with the circles, this is a tunnel, these are the stewards, this is where they're deployed, this is what happens. That's what you're going to get in any ground wherever you go. Imagine going to Luton. Imagine going to yeah. Luton away. Yeah. If that's pick, yeah. that, yeah. pick a ground. Pick a ground. Pick QPR, pick Luton. Pick Tottenham. Pick, 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 pick the Emirates. Those, those stewards are given a position to go and stand yes. in. They will stand in those in those those locations. That's where they go. That's where they are expecting people to go and walk to. That's what happens. Yeah. If you walk, if you go to if you go to a concert or you go to Wembley, and you go and see a, a, a game at Wembley, stewards are deployed at various points where yeah, they yeah. have to go. I don't just, I don't just argument, call everybody and go. Oh, I'm going yeah. down this way now because that's where do you know what? There are more fans than there are stewards. So stewards have to de be deployed strategically yeah. in the stand. The only, the only thing I would say... It's not written on my ticket, Blake. I can't fucking find it, man. The, 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 only, the only thing I would say for, for objectivity, this has come up. The only thing that has come up that I'd say, maybe got a point there, but I don't think this is a Sheffield Wednesday or you know a South Yorkshire problem, whatever you want to call it. Are the stewards that people are employing in games and grounds now the right people to do stewarding? But the profile of steward that we have at Sheffield Wednesday is exactly the profile that you're going to get in a Premier League, in a Championship, in a League One game. They are people that are paid to do the job that they're doing, and they're paid yeah. on par with what you're going to tell twenty meter juries with fried with Yeah, it's right. You can imagine those those stewards that you could see at the top of the tunnel. In front of them, they've got a walkway, which is a yellow painted walkway, which requires that to be. And we've all been to football games where we stood in gangways and stewards have come up to us and said, excuse me, can you sit in your or stand where your seat is? We've all done it away games, right? And there was, you could not see that yellow concourse running down to the goal because everybody was stood in it, right? Because they chose not to go to their seats. If you were a steward being paid 20 to 25 quid for that match, 
and you're facing a Geordie. Now, did you see the guy who was spitting at Dean Windass? Yeah, he yeah. was like six Dean. foot three, foot four. Josh. He was he'd probably been drink. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> he'd been he'd been. That's your fault. That's you. You do do that, Dan. He'd been drinking probably since one o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Okay. So he's ten men. So if you're a steward who's paid twenty five quid and you say, "Excuse me, can you go and sit in your seat, sir?" Can you imagine that bloke's going to go, "Oh yeah, of course I will, mate. Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> well, yeah, sorry, that's, so, I didn't but, even realize I'm not even. What's happened? What's happened? What's happened in changing football grounds nowadays is there's no police, right? Because no. they, when I worked, you, 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 your, your alternate was if that fan chose to stand up all the time, or that fan chose to not do what you said. You went on your radio and you said, can a police officer to Gangway Bay? Police officer turned up. Their own and police. police. Op- a police officer turned up and I guarantee you, two officers would turn up and that person would either sit down or would be ejected from the ground. Exactly. Okay. Let's, let's wrap this up, Ben. You know, I've not come to you on this yet. So is there mm. anything you want to add before uh, before I move on to our snazzy quiz? Yeah. Um yeah, I think it. I think on part of the mail, it's sensationalised bullshit. I know probably a little bit about how journalists work because I've done a three-year course on it. The words, as we've said, that is used, you, you, you the amount of clicks that that will have got is unimaginable. From whatever side you're on, whether you're a Liverpool fan that has emotional connection to that, Newcastle fan who clicks on it, and then you've got Wednesday side who will also click on it to slate it rather than get on board with it. That's why he's done it. That's all people like that do. You look at who, who did it. Was that Craig Hope? There was a Craig... Yeah, Craig Hope was the Craig, Daily Mail. Craig, Craig Hope is from Daily Mail. All the shit with Steve Bruce and all that, all that fallout, guess who that was with? It was with him. Rightly or wrongly. He, he does things to create headlines. That's all that he does at Daily Mail because that's how it works. That's how they work. It's all been, it, I mean, it, like the language that's being used, even today, even today, when Wednesday made the statement that they made, goes on to Sky, Ailey McQueen sat there, there's a statement from Sheffield Wednesday that's took a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because if you say something wrong to do with this, it gets even worse. Yeah. Oh, people are shouting the knives on it. Sharpening the knife, they're waiting for somebody to say the wrong thing, which is why I wanted to tread so carefully on this topic this evening. And then can I just ask a quick, sorry to interrupt, Ben. Can I ask a quick question before I before we lose the flow? Has the guy? It's Hardy, isn't it? The, the first guy that wrote yeah. the or did the, has he come back and done anything since in terms no. of a, a comment? A report, all, all literally, this guy's literally just yeah. gone. Out and gone yeah. See you later. Yeah, speaks wrong and done it. Exactly. Yeah, and what, oh, the, look the, at that! That's fucking mental. And then the, the, the day after he's gone, the FA are, are looking at it, and then the FA and Sheffield Wednesday have gone. And and the, and and then there's been tweets later on from, um, I, I think it were ITV, the one I'd seen, saying, "Can we use this as uh, in our uh, program? That can we use this tweet? Yes, certainly. Of course, you can. Reply straight away." All he wants is attention. All the male want is to create headlines. And you've got Sky doing things like that. And the one thing that knocks it all out straight away is the good old rise of the vlogger. Because that video of him the walking... video of that geezer. He's having the best time. He's having walking, a really good time. Walking through the turnstile, walking down that tunnel, 
stood right in the middle, went light shows on, which is more or less what give or take a minute before two minutes, off. 90 seconds yeah. to where yeah. that to, to when that picture were taken. After his picture, yeah. Uh, and, and he's there with his phone out. Newcastle fans are singing light shows going on. If you're in a, a crush, like if you're in the vocabulary that, that's been used, you are not stood there with your phone out singing with people around you just stood there normally. It's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay. Okay, Steve, last one. Give me, give me one more, last one. Uh, just a personal one uh, for, from a podcast point of view. Um, it wouldn't it'd be remiss of me if I didn't mention this, but the fact that we were where we were Saturday night, we all walked out buzzing, happy as Larry, text messages, group chats flying, beers swilling, everything's flowing. Um, we got messages. Um, I got a message, I think you did as well, Dan, um, from Vic saying, I'm on Radio 5 in the morning. Um, listening, 9.20, blah, blah, blah. I think she posted that she she was going to be interviewed about the game. Bless her heart. She's woke up Sunday morning, got herself ready, not feeling the best, didn't go to the game on Saturday. Here's me. I'm ready to talk about what my club has done against Newcastle United and for a national, the biggest national radio show Sunday morning, pretty much, uh, to come out there and go, right, we've heard about this report and Vic had no prior knowledge. She had no notice or information that they were going to ask her about a game and a situation within the game that she'd not seen the tweet. She had no knowledge that that was going to happen. They didn't pre-warn her that that was going to happen. Um, I thought that was terrible. I thought that was absolutely abhorrent. And I think the way that she has conducted herself since, behaved, and the way that she managed herself on national radio at zero notice is a testament to her. And I think she represented our podcast with the best possible dignity that she could and I'm, I'm really proud of her I think you're right I think there's I, I think what that ambush as it were I think what that did was very much show that this is something to garner headlines so listen let's move on from it and um the shit the, the, the club have put a statement out I think we're all waiting for now is the FA to go actually I did loads of work on it lads this prick needs to get in the bin so uh in order to change the tone just slightly uh, before we start talking about Wickham away um Mark McGuinness is still with us um so we, we haven't got much to talk about there now chaps uh it's quiz time so Martin Beebe's been on he sent us a few quizzes before and um and what I've got I've got a list of players in front of me in our eight seasons in the Premier League Premier League specifically only 12 players scored more than 10 goals for the club. This is in total, not in one season. Can you name them? Right? So we're trying to get 12 names. So uh, it goes Stevie, Simon, Ben. Stevie, I'll come to you first. Since, name since going down. Sorry, since going down. No, in the Premier League. So in our eight seasons in the Prem. Who scored more than 12? Who scored more than 12? Hang on. Okay. No, who scored more than 10? There are 12 right. players. Right, Okay. Wow. Okay. wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, in wow. it, in it. Wow, wow, wow. So, Stevie. Uh, oh, Christ! Surely, 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 David Hurst. David Hurst is second on the list with thirty-four goals. Let's go with Simon. Mark Bright. Mark Bright <laughs> is top of the list with forty-nine goals. Ben. Um, Di Canio. Paolo Di Canio is quite about, quite about eighth and ninth with 12 goals in the Premier League. He's in the list. This is where it gets a bit tougher now, lads. So go on then, Stevie. 
Carboni. Benito Carboni is fifth on the list with 23 goals. Simon. Andy Booth. Andy Booth is third on 25. Ben. This is difficult. Come on, Ben. It's an audio medium, so silence is, is not available. You're on mute, Ben. <laughs> Paul Warrest. Paul Warrest. Paul Warrest. Not there, I'm afraid, Ben. That's put you out, brother. I'm afraid that not there, mate. Not there wow. in the plus ten. So right then, Steve, back to you. Uh, I'm going Waddler. Chris Waddler's at the bottom of the list. He's 12th on the list and he's 10 goals, just barely scraping it. So, right then, Simon, it, it's you to draw it up here, pal. Gerald Sibon. Gilles the Builder. Gerald Sibon. Oh, Gerald Sibon. I'm afraid not. No, he's not on oh. the list, mate, I'm afraid. He's uh, he's not there. So, <laughs> Stevie, Stevie, you've won this one, but there are, let's have a look. There are one, two, three, four. Five, six players still left, mate. See which ones you can get. I would have gone. I would have. I, I would have gone. De Builder. De Builder is on the list. He's uh, he's got bare ten as well. The other five are I'll, Palmer. Eh? Carlton Palmer. Carlton Palmer. Carlton Palmer's not there. Guy Whittingham's number four. Ooh. We've got Benito How many? Eh? How many? 24. And then we've got Benito Carboni, 23. Chris Bart Williams got 16. Flash oh. Gordon got 13. Oh. Gordon Watson. I thought you'd have got that one, Si. Uh, yeah. Mark Pembridge got 12. Paolo Di Cagno, 12. And then the surprise one on the list for me, but he did play for us for ages. Not Peter Adlin, is it? No, it's Graham I died. Uh, oh. I, you know, Gareth wow. Keenan from the office got 11 goals. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's in there. So that's uh, that saw that one up. So well, congratulations there, Simon. Listen, we're really tight for time, so I'm not going to discuss Steve. Wickham too much. What I want you to do is, sorry, Stevie, my apologies, is tell me a prediction for Wickham. Steve. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, it's going to be shit. It's going to be an absolute climb down from last weekend. Um, I'll take a point. So, one all. One all. Yeah. Simon. Scored set up from last season 2 1 Wednesday. 2 1 Wednesday. What about yourself, Benjamin? 1 0 Wednesday. 1 0 Wednesday. I think I might go for a score draw. I think it's going to be one all myself. So, listen, thanks a lot for staying with us tonight on the uh, on the Wednesday week. I appreciate that there's been some topics discussed that, uh, like I said, are quite an emotive subject. If you've got any. Uh, You've got any feedback for us or you want to get back in touch, by all means, we'll discuss whatever you want to talk about. If you email us at twwpodcast at gmail.com and we will talk about it, uh, if, you know, if, it, if it's good radio like, you know what I mean? Thanks a lot, Richard, for your email. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight. Stevie, Simon, Ben. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by Michael Constantine Wealth Management. We bet you can't find a financial advisor closer to Hillsborough Stadium. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. 
Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.